Yeah, I know. Yeah. <clears throat> it wasn't good. Well, we're still in, the, uh, in this little mini-series about spiritual gifts, although I'm not really preaching so much on the gifts themselves, on, but on how to understand how the, the power behind the gifts, how we... have those gifts, what they mean in our lives. Looking through the book of Nehemiah, as we've done the last two or three weeks, and we'll be in there a little bit in, in, in a few minutes, but uh, uh, the real deal, I, and that's the name of the series, and, and I'll be explaining more about that next week. Uh, the real deal is, yeah, I'll tell you next week. This week is made free, amen? This is like a song back there, Redeemed. You know why, you know why I'm made free? Because I got redeemed, <laughs> Before then, I wasn't, I wasn't free of anything, although I might have tried to lie myself and things like that, but made free, and, and we're going to look at that just for a few minutes in John, and, and uh, I, I, I cut the sermon in half. That means, it doesn't mean it's going to be a short sermon. I just cut it in half. Uh, wow. You, I, you know, I, I just, God gives me so much stuff through the week. I just get so excited about it, and I write all this stuff down day after day, and then I, then I have to take it apart and throw that one out and throw that one out. It's like, I don't want to throw any of it out, and, uh, but I have to because I know you guys get tired. You don't want to listen to all that all the time, but uh, I want to ha- try to have a little fun today as we go through this sermon, and uh, it's about being made free, and, but one of the problems that we struggle being made free is the confusion, so you're going to hear a lot about confusion. Have you ever been confused in your life? You have? Confu- yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a few hats up here because, you know, we, uh, in today's world, anybody know about the PC police? What is the PC police? Political correctness police? Come on now, you're Christian, you've heard about the PC, but I don't agree with them people. And they confuse me. I mean, they just do. Uh, everything you, what I, what I grew up with, I said midget one time around here, everybody went, oh! I said queer one time right here, but I went, oh, like I just I killed somebody or something. I don't know, those are the words I grew up with. I didn't know they changed. I really, I just, that's what I grew up with. Uh, a smaller person, a small person was a midget to me. I didn't know it was a bad name. I didn't know that, but we become so political correct that we lost our common sense. And uh, the more we come, become political correct, the farther away we get from our common sense, the farther away we get from God, because I can tell you right now, political correctness, whoo, some of these people that love that stuff, they don't agree with God. Now, I'll give you a couple examples. Out in California right now, there's a school that I read about, and uh, I'm talking about confusion now. Young people, listen to me. There's a school I read about, and the, uh, there's a young man in that school, teenager. He decided that he's a woman, a girl. He decided so much that he was a girl, listen up to me, boys, that he decided he needs to take showers with the girls. Well, the girls didn't like that idea of a boy, even though he, he is a boy or isn't a boy. I don't know. But they didn't like it because he's not really looked like them. But even though he considered himself a girl, they didn't want him taking a shower because just because you consider something doesn't make it real. But the adults decided 
because he thought he was a girl. He could take showers with the girl, but the girls threw a fit, so he couldn't take the showers with the girls. Don't think about that, boys. Is that, are you confused? Well, the kids weren't confused, but the adults were because the adults wanted that to happen. You said, that's no way. Yeah, yeah. Okay, now how about this one? I get so confused sometimes when I go to the bathroom and I see a sign like that, and I know, you ever heard of that gender neutral stuff? That confuses me because I'm not gender, I'm a boy, a man. But when you see something like that, I, I, you know, could, I look up, what am, I, am I going in if I'm a man or what? I don't know. I'm just a man. I don't want to be thinking about it. When I got to go to the bathroom, I don't want to think about which bathroom I got to go to. I just want to go. It confuses me. How have we become so confused in our world today when we can't figure out what bathroom to go to? Now, they have to make it gender neutral because the PC police say that they're not sure whether they're a man or a woman or a woman or a man. They don't know for sure. And it don't matter what we think. We need to be tolerant of that. I say hogwash. I'm a man. Period. I'm never going to be a woman. God didn't create me as a woman. He created me as a man. Amen? I'm not even confused about it. Some of you may be a little confused. I could help you with that. Not today, but later. <laughs> so, I started writing things down about confusion. I come up with these, these, these things, and it just it blows my mind. But when we're made free, even Satan's confusions can't stop us anymore. Amen? Uh -uh, can't happen. I am, I am not confused about the Word of God. I'm not confused about it at all. I, had, I got all these different hands. I'll probably use them as we go through here. I'm not confused about the word of God at all. No matter what the, the world and the, police, the PC police say, I'm not confused. You see that picture up there? Isn't that beautiful? That was taken from the Hubble telescope, and not a scientist in the world can tell you what that is. They don't know. Looks like a holy city to me. Isn't it beautiful? Isn't, isn't that just gorgeous what God creates? Is God confused? He's never been confused. He's not confused now. No matter how much we try to confuse him, he's never going to be confused. We just stay confused. You look at the beauty of that creation that God created, you think, oh my goodness, if that is so beautiful, I just want to go stare at it, and I'd love just to walk around there. What is heaven like? Because that's not heaven, but boy, that is beautiful, isn't it? you have any idea what heaven might be like? That, that God just gives you a little glimpse of his majesty, of his beauty, and he always reminds us, we're not, he's not confused, so we don't have to be confused. As, as this world comes down to an end, one of the main things Satan will always do is try to confuse us. And I hope that helps you because that is exactly what takes place. And the more we hear how tolerant we need to be, the more we become not free if we fall for that. But bound in that baggage of tolerance and that baggage of control by Satan. Let's get started. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the sermon, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you have opened up our hearts to understand things. And Lord, this, this whole week has been just a glorious week in prayer. Father, I'm, there's people out here today that they got confusion in their life. 
There's things that they're not quite understanding. Maybe it's about you. Maybe it's about the, the situation they're in. Uh, Father, but you haven't called us to, to be confused. You've called and made us free from all of that. Lord, open our hearts to understand freedom, the freedom that you've given us by the word of God, by the truth of God, by the, by the sacrifice of your son is true freedom. And we are not to be bound in confusion. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone says, amen. amen. There's nothing more freeing than when God clears the confusion, Satan, and allows us to see clearly. Nothing more free than that. I was watching, the, I got a movie, I told Cole about it, and, and we need to show that in here real soon. It was called Woodland. It's a, based on a true story. Anybody you guys seen that movie, Woodland? Uh, Woodlawn, yeah. Out of, out of Alabama back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, a true, true story about a high school. And you could just, th these high schools were, were back in, in the, uh, during so much racism. They were so confused about everything. But God had a plan and he sent one man to help encourage them to get to the path that God wanted them to be. And when they become, these young kids, these teenagers, when they surrendered their lives, the coaches started surrendering their lives. Teachers, start, even an atheist teacher started surrendering their lives. And a, and a very vital a, a, a school that was about to be closed down because they could not keep the peace in the school became peaceful in time. Because when that freedom comes into you, things change. Amen? They, they change. They change. Where is the gift of confusion in the Bible? Somebody turned to that to me before. No, you can't, can you? Because it's not in there. There's no gift of confusion. So if, if we're struggling in our gifts and we're confused about these things, mm -mm. God's not confused. He gave you the gift. He's asking you to learn through his word and through his truth, through prayer, to figure out this gift, and he wants to help you. If you're not figuring it out, it's not God's fault. When confusion makes you feel hopeless, it does. Everybody, did confusion ever make you feel hopeless? Come on, raise your hand. Am I the only one? My goodness. I get confused every other day sometimes. I, something happens, well, it don't make sense to me. I, not that I'm so much confused, but these other people are definitely confused. That never happened to you. Especially teenagers. Parents, your teenager ever get confused? The teenagers, do you ever get confused or are your parents confused? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That happens. When confusion makes you feel hopeless, but you belong to Christ, but you belong to Christ, but this confusion is set in. And first of all, you've got to understand something. It's not from a, from a situation or a person. Satan wants this in your life. You, you, you can't ever dismiss what evil wants to do to you. It's real. It's there. It wants to destroy you. He'll come after you any way he can. If confusion is, is a weakness of yours, he's going to come after you that way. So when confusion makes you feel hopeless, but if you belong to Christ, you're spending too much time looking at the confusion and not enough time in your war room. Amen? I got that war room Bible study in there. Fifty-some people are in that class. It's doing real well. That's the problem. You're looking at the confusion instead of spending time with God. Why is it that we wait till we are so far into confusion to notice what has always been there, trying to pull us to freedom? 
Go ahead, give me the verses. Everybody stand, please. John 8, 31, 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him. Everybody follow, go ahead. Then Jesus said. Thank you, sit down. Leave that up there for a few minutes. Jesus. Who's speaking? Everybody say, Jesus is speaking. Who's he speaking to? Everybody say, us. Who what? Believed in him. Now we go back to James 2.19 and we know that the demons believe, but they tremble. So it's not just, a, just this, this word believe. You have to believe in your heart, and that's who he's speaking to, the people that really have cried out to him and called upon him. And it's important words, what he's saying here. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believe, first of all, he's talking to us. Amen? Amen that God wants to talk to you. Don't you just love it? If God's not talking to you, it's not God's fault. He wants to talk to you. He wants a relationship with you that is so close, so intimate. He wants that. If you abide in my word, stop there for a minute, if you abide in my word, so these are the people, if you truly believe in God, if you truly believe in Christ, if you truly believe in the cross, if you truly believe in the book, in the Bible, then you will abide in what? My word. So who is he talking to? He's talking to the true believers. The true believers. Not somebody that claims him and then never spends any time with him, but the true believers. And one of the problems with the church today, as I say continually, is we don't have too many true believers in the church. We need true believers, people that will really spend time with God. And if you want to know why, just go spend a little bit of time. Just look up the word hell or Satan. Spend a little time there. It should frighten you to death that you want other people to know who Jesus Christ is because of hell. Your worst enemy, your worst enemy, you don't want in hell. No one. You don't want anybody in hell. There's no escape. It's total darkness. It's without God for eternity. For if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Indeed. So you have to ask yourselves, am I abiding in, my, in, in, in Christ's word? Are you abiding in the word, in, in the word of God? Are you spending time with God? Are you spending time with God? Are you spending quality time with God? Because that's who he's talking to. Because see, if you're not spending the quality time with God that he wants, that he's demanding, that he's commanding us to do, this doesn't mean anything to you. It's not going to come alive to you. It's just words of some guy up there yelling half the time. You've got to spend the time with God. Amen? Somebody say that. Say something. Amen. You've got to spend time. I've got to spend time with God. Say what? I've got to spend time with God. Just say it. You are my disciples indeed. There's a qualification, isn't there, to be God's disciples? It just doesn't say, well, I accept you in my life. You get in a, get in a tub of water and get baptized, and then off you go in merry life you go. See, there, there's something here, and this is not what makes you saved. You know why, you know why I spend time with God? Because I love him. <laughs> I, I, this, that word of God, that Bible this week just opened up to me so much. I've got so much written. Look at my little outlines. Just, I can't quit highlighting. I just, might as well just highlight every word. Because I just, I just fall in love with the words. Because, because I know God, that this, the words, these words, these simple little words, they, they make meaning to my life. I've been made free. I'm not confused about the world. I don't have to be confused. I've been made free. 
He is exercising my gifts that he has given me from the very moment that he set me free. And the world can't confuse me. Satan can't handle me. Amen? Because we're free. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth. And everybody read this last part. And the truth shall what? Amen. Now what do we got to go back to? I got to go back to the word truth. I've got to understand the word truth. You have to understand the word truth. You have to understand it if this is the truth, the absolute truth, and you believe it with your heart, and you follow him, then you are free from the confusion, the PC police. You are free from that. Amen? You're free from every addiction you have. You can be freed from that. You can be freed from the anger and, the, and all the things in your life. You can be freed from that. But you've got to follow Jesus. You know why people can't get freed? Because they don't follow Jesus. They just claim him, but they don't follow him. In these words, I don't know how you get around it. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, those, those few words right there, if you abide in my word, it should say it all for you, you are my disciples. What keeps you from abiding in Christ's words? What keeps you from abiding in that truth? I can tell you what it is. You can say you believe all you want, but you don't love. Because if you love Jesus Christ and you have fallen over in hills, over just whatever with him, then you believe and you want to follow him. You want to pick up the word of God and read it and understand it. It becomes your life. Amen? Amen? If you want your gift, you think, well, I don't understand my spiritual gifts. You can. You can. You need to search God, search the word of God in prayer and never quit, never give up until he opens it up to you. If he just handed you a piece of gum and said, here, enjoy this, you'll enjoy it for a few seconds. But if he hands you and he gives you and, he, and, he, and, and as you start to search and seek out that, what he wants to give you, it becomes you. Amen? If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Some verses, some Bibles say set you free. I like the word make, made you free because he's, he made me free. Amen? He made me free he also set me free but he made me free i had nothing to do with it he made me free confusion bye-bye bye-bye and if you want to yell at me because i use the word midget go ahead but i'm not confused with what a midget is i'm just not and i'm also not confused with what a boy and a girl is i'm just not i know what it is we live in a confused world don't we we, I mean, you can't watch a TV show that doesn't break all Ten Commandments. You can't hardly watch a commercial that isn't all about lies. I think what Satan tries to do more than anything is to confuse us. To confuse us from the truth. If we get confused, our gifts won't work. If we get confused, we're not made free anymore. We're trapped in all that. Nehemiah. What a man of God. He's a shadow of Christ. We'll look at that a little bit today. But I also want to tell you something else. Any one of you that are not confused, any one of you that are exercising your gift and, and you've become that real deal, you're a shadow of Christ. Do you understand that? It's just not men and women in the Bible. 
We all become shadows of Christ because we're living for him. And what we do represents who he is and his love and his, the joy that he gives us. Nehemiah was one of those men that desperately prayed. Desperately prayed for the things that were happening around us. He had a relationship with Almighty God even though he was enslaved and captured in Persian, Persia. We're looking at today of an encouragement. How many like to be encouraged? I love to be encouraged. And I'm hoping that as we go through this in the next few verses that, that you get encouraged. You know what God does? You know how he encourages? We can say, well, he encourages through the word. And some people say, well, I don't really understand the word that much. I, and I've got to learn all this stuff. And I understand. But he encourages us in so many ways. I was really encouraged when I watched that movie Woodlawn. It encouraged me. I'm encouraged when I watch uh, people grow in Christ. It encouraged me. I get encouraged when I watch this music. Doesn't it encourage you? You know, he sends people to you. Sometimes, and everyone probably could raise your hand. He'll send somebody to you in the, the moment you need the most encouragement. He's a God that is about encouragement. He's not a God about confusion and, and all that. He, he makes us free and he gives us encouragement so much. Never be caught up in the confusion, but instead be the escape for others. Amen? You want to be a shadow of Christ? Say something. Do you want to be a shadow of Christ? Help others escape. Now you can go to work tomorrow, you can go to school tomorrow, and all you have to do is just put on a little conversation with somebody, and you're going to start to know real quick, there's a lot of confusion going on in this person's life. There's, there's stuff going on that they're confused about things. And when you can recognize that, you can almost, you can almost say, well, how can, Lord, just in, in, in your breath, how, Lord, how can I be an encouragement to this person today? How can I encourage them as you would encourage us? And you go back to the Word of God because you know the Word of God because you're in the Word of God, and you start thinking about the people of God and how they encouraged other people. Nehemiah was a, a, a wonderful encourager, but he had other gifts. He was an administrator. So he goes here, to, he knows the walls are completely torn down. He knows Jerusalem is completely in, in, in just in terrible condition. Ezra the priest had been there in the years past, and he's still there. They tried to build the, rebuild the temple, and there was so much confusion, so much trouble with some of the people there that the temple got stopped from being built. And they worked on it for about 15 years. And the king had agreed to rebuild that temple, but it, it was so much confusion. Satan allowed so much confusion. Nehemiah, God's going to send this another man, this man here. Encouragement destroys confusion. Everybody say that. Encouragement destroys confusion. Do you believe me or not? It just destroys it. It just completely destroys it. No matter how long confusion has reigned, it can destroy it. Positive over negative, however you want to put it, can destroy it. Nehemiah stepped into confusion. There's no doubt about that. He stepped into confusion. He stepped into this, this, this world, people he loved, the city he loved. And he stepped into this knowing that it was going to be the biggest chaotic place that he'd ever been. But he knew God sent him, and God allowed the king to pay for it. He knew God was in complete control of everything. He knew why he was going there. Nehemiah stepped in confusion, yet he was never confused about why he was there. Amen? See, some of us as Christians, we, we want to get confused of why God's even got us here. Why, why am I here? 
It's to exercise your gifts. It's to become the real deal. It's to do the things he's told us to do. It's not hard. It's not complicated. It's not at all hard or complicated. We just make it. We try to confuse ourselves, and you just continue to do that, and so it just... I got a lot of hats here. Also, I have a box. I just love this box. This is a, this is a confused box. We'll do that again. That's a lot of you. You just want out of the confusion and the mess your life's in. Should I just leave that on or should I turn it off? Do you get the picture? You want us more? No? Okay. I have all kinds of hats because, you know, sometimes we get confused and, you know, I, I ride horses. When I ride my horse, I ride this kind of hat. I wear this kind of hat, cowboy hat. Uh, that's when I ride my horse. I'm not confused about it. That's just it. And, and then other times, you know, when I'm riding my Harley, I don't wear hats a whole lot, but this one says, looks like a Harley Davidson thing, but it's not. It says, uh, Jesus, whole, uh, heavenly devoted son, Christ. Now, it confuses everybody else because they think it's a Harley hat, but it's, it's actually a Harley hat color, but it's actually a hat about Jesus. I'm not confused about that. But yet, and I've got another hat here with some nice dark glasses. And we put some glasses on like this. I can't see a thing. And we can get confused because we have so many hats. How many have different hats you put on? I got a lot of hats. Bill, you got hats? We got a few hats. And you got to be able to, if you're putting on a lot of different hats in your life, you got to be able to understand that you can't get confused in which hat you're on. When I'm at work, I got one hat on. When I'm at church, I got another hat on. When I'm at home, I got another hat on. When I'm being a grandfather, I got another hat on. When I'm being this or being that, I got another hat on. There's a lot of hats I wear. Same with you. I need to be clear-minded in everything that I am because Christ is working through me because I want to be the shadow of Christ. No matter what hat I got on, I don't want to be confused. No matter how I get, try to get blinded by the things around me, I don't want to be confused. Here's my Jesus hat. He's the boss. I don't get confused. That's the hat. That's the hat we should wear all the time, right? Jesus is my boss. When people look at you, they say, was that guy confused or what? I can't tell you one thing. I know I'm a man. Some people don't know that. You're only a man if you want to be a man. I clearly don't understand this world. I'll leave that one for later. Nehemiah stepped into confusion, yet he was never confused about why he was there. And that's what you need to understand. If you're having a, a life in Christ, a, a, a wonderful relationship with Christ, you don't have to be confused where you're at at any time because Christ is there with you. Somebody say amen. You kids in school, you don't have to be confused. You're only confused when you fall back into the world. That's the only time we get confused when we fall back into a different hat that we don't belong in. Nehemiah is a shadow of Christ off, offered salvation from Satan's confusion. The walls were torn down. The, the, the doors were burned up. The, the, the roads had so many things to them you couldn't even really walk up and down them. And Nehemiah is going to walk in here with his, and the first thing he's going to do in the first verses through 11 through 15 is draw you a wonderful, beautiful picture of what's taking place in here so you can understand what's important. Also, I want you to understand something before we get in here, that he is not going to tell anybody why he's there, and he's not a stranger in town. People would have known who he was. He was the king cupbearer. He didn't come by himself. He came with the king's authority to do the king's work that he's allowed him to do. 
People would have noticed this man coming here. He's got a horse for one thing. People would have noticed this. Yet he goes into town. He didn't want to say anything at first. Smart man. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. He's been three days without telling anybody why he's there. Then I arose in the night. I go at night because people are going to know I'm going to go, but they're not going to know what I'm doing. He said, what, is he trying to confuse them? No, he's trying to get their attention. And, I, and a few men with me. I told no one what my God has put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Who did he tell? Say, no one. No one. So three days go by, and they're wondering, why is this guy from the king here with all these people, whatever is his, his entourage, what's going on? And he speaks no words about it. So where's the encouragement? And this is another politician coming through town, holding up traffic. He goes on. And I went out by night, drawing this picture for you in your mind, and I went out by night through the valley gate, which this is, wherever he went that time, it's in the southern part of Jerusalem, the valley gate to the serpent wall, and we really don't know where these gates and walls are today, and the refuse gate, and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broke down, and his gates, which were burned with fire. What's he telling us? He's telling you that I'm going out to examine what needs to take place, that I can encourage these people to get up, to rise up, and become the children of God that God has called them to be. No matter what the rubble around you looks like, no matter how destructive everything looks like, no matter how confusing, year after year after year, where is God in my life? This is the moment. This is that time. You say, well, what can one man do? This was thousands of years ago, and this one man, one man, one woman, one man with the real truth of God in your heart, praying like a prayer warrior like Nehemiah, can change a city, a country, a world. You can do it. God opens doors. He opens opportunities. When we're willing and we're waiting and wanting God to do these things for us, he can do it. Amen? I'm a perfect example of that but it's God's way, always. And I went out by night through the valley gate and all the other gates, and verse 14, then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but there was no room for the animal under me to pass. Why they put those words in there? They're trying to show you how, how destructive the city is. They haven't even cleaned away beams and stones that, that his horse and him can get under. It's been that way. Nobody's doing anything. They're so confused and, and, and just complete stressed out. Where's God? Where's God? Where's God? God shows up when God wants to show up. Amen? I'm going to tell you something. When God shows up, you don't miss it. When he's ready to work, when he's ready to do something, you don't miss it. But until that time, until that time, he's always with us. We have got to pray. Amen? And grow in the relationship with us. And then certain times when we need encouragement or something's happening, it seems like, man, there's God. He's so real in my life. He's always been real in our lives. But at certain times, he becomes so real in our lives. Amen? I get addicted to that. I get addicted to these words that want to come alive in my life. I just love it when these words pop out. It's like, wow! I'm sitting in my car. It's like, nobody's here to what? Wow! And I start typing and sending things out to everybody. I know you don't understand me, but I got it. Amen. Then I went to these gates and 
there was no room for my animal under me to pass. So I went up in the night. So he's drawing that picture for you. He's still at the nighttime. I went up in the night by the valley and viewed the wall. He's looking it over. Amen. He's saying, man, this place is a mess. What am I doing here? That's not what he's saying. He's looking, oh, man, this place is such a mess. It's such a wreck. Everybody's going to see the glory of God. Amen. That's what he's thinking. That's what he's saying because he knows his God sent him there to do this thing, to do this job, to rebuild the wall. He said, well, whoa, what, what is this wall thing? I'm going to get into that in a little bit. In the Old Testament, they built this wall to protect them from the world that wants to come in and destroy us. I got a wall. His name's Jesus Christ. Amen. So when I went up by night to the valley and viewed the wall, then I turned back and entered by the valley gate. He's going back the way he came because he can't get any farther because everything's so messed up, which shows us that something needs to be done. But there's nobody there to do it, although there's plenty of people there to do it. They're just confused. The PC police have been around too long. They got into the understanding of what they want from other people that Satan has sent, and they're just confused, and they decide, well, we just won't do anything. You know what's the worst thing a church can do? is nothing. That's the worst thing you can do is nothing. You just keep on doing nothing. And as soon as everybody dies, the church closes. They closed one down here at 135 not too long ago. They just closed down. Brent's parents' church closed down. They just closed down everywhere because nobody's doing nothing. He said, well, wait a minute. There's some good Christians in there. Well, there may be. But they should have did something. They should have changed something. If it ain't working, change it, folks. Amen. Don't worry about the picture on the wall. We tore up the carpet yesterday. I don't care if you don't like it or not. It's going. It's nasty. It's ugly. Don't worry about that stuff. Worry about the Christ. Worry about the salvation of others. Amen? We got too many people worried about a building and not the people in it. Love the people. Love them. Then I turned back and entered by the valley gate and so returned. Amen. Look at these next verses. What time much time I got? Oh, man, these good. These are good verses. Whew. And the officials, I got verses. I got so much written down here. <sighs> I love my notes. I love them. Damn it, I wrote that? You no, know, God wrote that. I just happened to have the pen. <sighs> Let's get into it a little bit. And the officials did not know where I had gone or what I had done. He's still showing that picture here. So they didn't know. They said, what's this guy doing here? What's he getting in the middle of the night? Was he crazy? He's confused. It's dark time. All they got's a torch. How can he see anything? He's got God's eyes. Amen? <laughs> got the eyes of God. Wouldn't you love to have the eyes of God? See, he's not seeing what they're seeing. Because, see, they've been looking at it for years, and it looks like a rumpled mess to them. He's got different vision. And the official said, I had gone on, and what I'd done, I had not yet told the Jews, the priests, the nobles, the officials, are the others who did the work. What work? The work of building the, the temple in the years past. They started building it, what couldn't be built anymore. In verse 17, then I said to them, here we go, this is encouragement. See, when you're alive, it's just a rumbled, tumbled mess, completely messed up. I promise you, if you're looking for God, and you mean it, and you're praying over it, and you will see it, if you choose to see it, but if you're so confused about your mess in your life and you're so confused about that where you don't want to see God in your life, you will continue to see the mess, the confusion. Amen? Here it is. Then I said to them, you see the distress? They said, well, of course I've seen the distress. It's everywhere. I've been looking at it for years. That's the problem. You've been looking at it, but you ain't done nothing. 
Some of you got a mess in your life, and you can just keep looking at it. I know all about it. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. And you don't do anything about it. Constantly, I hear, I got this problem. I got that. Well, come to church. Come to church. Come to church. They don't come to church. They like the distress they're in. If they really wanted out of it, they'd get out of it. Amen? God's given us a way out. He's given this whole world a way out. It's called Jesus Christ. He's our freedom. He made us free from these things. You see the distress that we are in? How Jerusalem lies in waste? How your lives lie in waste? And its gates are burned with fire. Nothing left. It's all destroyed. And you think it's just completely gone. But come. Look at that. Listen to that word. That one word. Come. What does Jesus Christ say? Everybody say Jesus. He says, come to me. Amen. That's what Jesus says. Come to me. That word come. Just that four little word. It should come alive to you. You say, read that. You say, he's asking them to come. As Jesus asked me to come. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem. How are you going to get the wall built? You've got to come. You've got to do the work. Amen? You want your lives built? You want your gifts to, to be these wonderful gifts that encourage other people? Then you've got to come and you've got to build. How do you build? Well, it's just that daggone study and prayer. Yeah, that's how you do it. Amen? That's how you do it. That means getting close with God. Not close with the confusion. Everybody say confusions of Satan. It is. It's in the Bible. Everybody say confusion is of Satan. And we're made free in Jesus Christ. Everybody say made free in Jesus Christ. See my sign? That's subliminal. That's what that is. I do, I do a lot of subliminal. Yeah, it is. Nah, I can't right now. You're messing me up. Don't do that. <laughs> then I said to them, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste and its gates are burned with fire. Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem that we may no longer be a reproach. Okay, that word, that word reproach. Whew. I think I wrote some stuff down. And I happened to write it down in my Bible. Let me see. Hmm, Confused? Would that work in that? Would that work there? How about disgrace? Would that work in that reproach word? Confused? I, I know. Help us build this wall. Build this wall to your life. That you no longer will be confused about life and the world and the movies and the. You know what's on TV started last week? I'm going to use this probably next week a little bit maybe. Lucifer on Fox Channel. I think it's on Sunday night. Lucifer. Can you imagine that? Now I can tell you something. Back when I grew up, and I'm not that old, folks. A little older than Doug, but still. That would not have been allowed. <laughs> the church would have rised up. Amen? It would have rised up. There would have been so many letters written to that station, and this is Fox, that there was no way they would ever do something like that. They want to glorify Lucifer. You think we're not in the end times? Are you blind? Are you blind? Now, yeah, though, Petroleum is a nasty guy, but they also like, a lot of people like nasty guys, don't they? It's a terrible thing. Absolutely terrible. And I hope you're not watching it. That's between you and God. In verse 18, 
And I told them of the hand of my God which had been upon me. What encouragement. These people are believers of God. They, they love God. They've just been confused. The PC police have taken over their lives. They need some encouragement. God sent this man to encourage them. Not only did he send him, he sent him with power. He sent him with great power from himself and also from the king that he, God used in this incident. And I told him the hand of my God, which had been good upon me. You know what that could be? Your testimony. You want to encourage somebody that's down and, and all confused about the world? Give them your, everybody say testimony. You say, well, that's one of them Christian words. Amen. I got a humdinger. You guys got a humdinger? Some say, well, I got more of a humdinger. Well, I'm sorry, but I got a humdinger too. Use your testimony. They can't deny your testimony. They may not want to believe it, but it's yours. God gave you that testimony to encourage others in their lives. You think there's nobody else going through what you're going through? Man, we're just simple people. We all go through the same things. I tell you over and over again, the only difference between us and these people is electricity. Amen? That's it. And also the king's words. So he gives them the, the understanding that God is with them and God is allowing this king of Persia to bring the gifts that we need to rebuild. What encouragement. They're thinking, you mean I don't have to live this way anymore? I don't have to? We got one man with the man of God that's going to convince a whole city of Jerusalem that they don't have to live this way anymore. One person, one person that has loved God and grown close to God, and God gave him a, an ability to do this. He gave him the gifts to do this, and he had the boldness and the courage to take on it. And also the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Wow. Then they set their hands to this good work. Which you look in Ephesians chapter 10, verse, I mean chapter 2, verse 10, you're talking about good works. Some of you may not be encouraged by this. But what God's trying to show you is if you'll come to him, if you'll come to him, he will rise you up and rebuild you and nothing can tear you down. Amen? Because he has made you free. He has made you free. And of course, here's Satan coming in verse 19. But when Sambella and, and Hornite, the whatever, and the Amorite official and all these other people they laughed at us and despised us hey kids does the high school boys and girls laugh at you and despise you when you talk about god guess what you're in good company you're in good company you're in the company of most of these people in this church you don't think they go to their some of these people go to their lunch rooms and open up their bible and other people are over <laughs> mocking and laughing you're in good company amen you're in the company of god what are you worried about you worried about people or you worried about God? I'm going to be worried about what God thinks about me. Forget about the people. I don't care about them. Forget that. I'm in the company of God. They laughed at us and despised us. Of course they do. Because you're different. You're set apart. You're holy. Amen? Say, I'm holy. I'm holy. Do you believe it? You're holy. God trying to encourage us here. He spies us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? 
Will you rebel against the king? See, now these people back in the temple area, they were able to shut down the temple for being rebuilt because they kept going to the king and saying they're going to try to overthrow this and overthrow that. It's what Satan does. He just does the same thing over again. He just tries to confuse everything. Nehemiah won't be confused because he is sent by God for a specific job. God gave him the gifts to do the job, and he's a prayer warrior for God. He will not be confused no matter how many PC police come after him. He will not be confused. He knows he's a man. He knows he's not a woman. He's not confused. Amen? He's not confused about anything. So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven. Amen? The God of heaven. Who? The God of heaven. Not just a, a, a God of frogs or God of turkeys or whatever, because a lot of people, have, like Egypt, they had so many different gods. I don't know, they had a, oh, tons of different gods. They just made everything a God. He's got one God, the God of heaven. Amen? That's your God. The God of that picture that we looked at a while ago, the God of heaven, the God of creation. My goodness, when he's on your side, how could you get confused about anything in this world? So I answered them and said to them, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Therefore, we, his servants, will arise and build. Now, if somebody come to your house and it's completely destroyed and it's a complete mess and somebody has, somehow you got a bonus from somebody at work and somebody like Mr. Blackwell comes in and says, we're going to clean this place up, we're going to build. We're going to make this new. What are you going to say, get out of here? I don't want to do it. Jesus Christ wants to come into your life and says, I'm going to take this life that's so messed up and so confused. And you say, well, I'm not messed up and I'm not confused. There's your problem. You don't even know you're messed up. You don't even know you're confused. And you're going to die and go to hell. And you're going to look down there in hell and say, I was confused. <laughs> and it's going to be too late. Because I promise you by the word of God, if Jesus Christ is not in you, you're confused. Do you believe me or not? Just confused. You're confused about truth. You've bought into the big lie that's been around for who knows how long. You've bought into that. And furthermore, you won't even go study. You know, the, the people that try to deny God and, and, the, and these people that really try to deny God and they want to look into the Word of God, they want to look and study the facts and the things about it, you know what happens to them? They turn and become a, a child of God because they can't deal with the facts. When the facts are the facts, they're the facts. Just like if I'm a boy, I'm a boy, I'm a boy. It's a fact. They can't deal with it. But when you throw confusion in it, they can get away with anything, can't they? And a boy can become a woman, and a woman can become a man. And don't dare say not. Somehow we're the ones that are confused. Whew. So I answered them and said, the God of heaven himself will prosper us. Who's going to prosper your life? Who? Not, who's going to prosper your life? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it enough to figure out who he is in your life? Do you believe it enough to surrender all things in your life? Do you believe it that? Do you believe it? That word believe is so powerful when you truly believe. It separates us from everything else. But you have no heritage. Get this right now. This is the hardest things that a person could hear. But you have no heritage or right on memorial in Jerusalem. Or memorial in Jerusalem. What does that mean? I'm going to close here in just a minute. But what does that mean? 
tell. There's no memorial service. There's nothing. You are nothing. You don't belong to God. And when you die, you're going to hell. To nothing but gnashing of teeth and eternity. I don't want anybody there. Why do I preach the word? Why do I want to be a shadow of Christ? Why do I teach? Why do I pray? To increase my life? My life's increased enough to be a shadow of Christ. To encourage you. To encourage others to be a shadow of Christ. Amen? You have no heritage. It says also our right. Just don't look at those are right. See, so many people in the world today, they want to think that they're good enough. Amen? How many times you heard that? I'm good enough. It says here, no heritage. And everybody say, are right. Because see, you're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not. You're not. And I don't, wait, I don't want you to wait to your last breath to find out you weren't good enough. No, not one good, not one what the Bible says about us you won't be written down in the Lamb's book of life there's one book there's many other books written down for the lost but there's one book the Lamb book we'll find that in Revelation let's stand please words for your week nope you got the first word wrong oh nope you're right I'm sorry I'm looking at the wrong thing here we what don't get me confused. Don't get me confused. <laughs> we are free from what? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. We are fused. We are free from confusion to become the real deal. Listen, to, look at this question for you. What wall is God building to set you free? In the Old Testament, they'd build these walls to protect themselves from the enemy. I pray for a hedge of protection around all of you, that God will build this wall that nothing can tear it down. Nothing can tear it down. And if Jesus Christ is your Savior, and you are made free by the His words, not a man's word, but by His words, that wall shall never fall. Amen? Amen. Shall never fall. If you do not know Jesus Christ today, if you're confused about situations in your life, there's people in this church that will sit down and help you. We'll talk to you. We'll pray with you. There's a prayer team that will put you on the prayer list. But if you're not even willing to, to get put on a prayer list, how in the world is God going to help you? He's not a genie in a bottle. He's not. He's God of heaven and earth. What wall is God building to set you free? Is he even building a wall in you? Have you even started? Have you even bought the mortar? Guess what? He is the mortar. You don't have to buy it. It's called grace. Amen? If you belong to Jesus Christ, you're welcome at these tables. If you do not belong to Jesus Christ, please don't come to the tables. You're confused. Don't you want to be made free? Don't you want to be made free? Don't you want to understand that you're not a boy being wanting to be a girl or a girl wanting to be a boy? That's the craziest things in this world. And yet, every day, people buy into it. 
And Satan smiles and says, I got him, I got him, I got him. But you don't have to. Come, enjoy the Lord today. If you do not know him, come. Let us help you understand who he is in your life. As we just read a while ago, you've got to come. You've got to come. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, we ask you, Father, that lives would be changed today, that you would build a wall of protection around these ones, Lord. Lord, they would come to you and start to rebuild what you are offering them, Father, the gift of love. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
guys for coming this morning. If you get confused during the week, you don't need a man. You need God. When that confusion starts to set in, go to your knees. Go to your knees. Open your Bible and let God take you on a journey that opens up freedom. Amen? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you today. We thank you, precious Father, that you allow us to have freedom in this world. Lord, without it, we'd just go crazy. Lord, you have set us free. You have made us free. But it's only through you that freedom can exist. Lord, thank you for this church. Thank you for the ones today. Lord, for the ones that are considering what's going on in their lives and in their hearts, what they're trying to understand and separate what they're trying to feel and what their emotions are. Lord, let them know it's not about emotions or feelings, but it's about facts and who you are. Let them search you out. And Lord, I know you'll, they'll find you. Be with us and protect us, Lord. Put an edge of protection around us this week. Come back with us tonight as we study your prayer and how to set up the war room. And it's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone says. Don't forget to stop at the table out front. Um, sign up for the Cupid dinner to support the youth. Don't forget, it's right out front.